Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. I am so excited to be here today uh, with my guest. Her name is Charity Paranzini, and we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and I wanted to make sure I pronounced it right. So, Charity, thank you for being here today. How are you today? I am great. It is a beautiful day outside, which doesn't always happen. Weather doesn't always cooperate, but it's beautiful. And I'm just happy to be here. I love helping people understand the value of protecting kids. And that's what I'm all about. And so I'm just honored to be here. Thank you for having <laughs> me. And um, just just, just in the little bit of time we've gotten to know each other, I just know we're going to... It's hard to say that you're going to have a good time talking about a heavy topic. Mm-hmm. But there is a, 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 a good feeling that comes out of hashing out difficulty and having hard conversations. And this is one of those that sometimes people avoid. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, I am as well. And listeners, I just want to give you a little bit of information about Charity before we get started. So you can know a little bit more about her. And then I'm going to let her know just a little bit more about herself. But Charity is the creator of the American Unchained Project. And she has spent almost a decade creating education media to protect kids. You know, educating parents, teachers, law enforcement, and medical professionals on identifying traumatized and troubled youth, which is the key to helping kids. And Charity does this with excellence. Uh, However, preventing trauma by knowing how to guard kids against predators and sexual groomers is the best way to win the war of sex trafficking and sexual abuse. And I'm so excited to have Charity here today because even, you know, when I was growing up, I was the victim of sexual abuse and I've encouraged a lot of people that have gone through it and um, actually helped a lot of people get through it. So this is to my heart because uh, it is a big issue and it goes on. I used to do teen pregnancy prevention program and we used to um, do statistics and all the time they would say, you know, one in four youth would be sexually abused by the time they were an adult. And I'm not sure if that has changed, but it's just a very big issue and it's something that needs to be addressed. And we're hoping today, and I know that uh, Charity will give you a lot of information in order to be able to help you to protect our youth and protect those around us from sex trafficking. So with that being said, thank you, Charity, again, for being on the show today. Would you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Wow. I feel really honored that you, uh, you did, you did your due (laughs) diligence and introduced (laughs) yourself beautifully. Um, you know, I'm a mom of three boys. So for anybody out there who is uh, a mom of any, any child, uh, I'm pro man but I'm a realist. <laughs> so I, I, I'm from the South originally. And we, we, we talked about that. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I joke that I, I skipped being a mother and went straight to being my Texas grandmother. 
because she would just call it like she saw it with all the love in the in her heart. She wouldn't lie to you to make you feel good, but she would love you, love you, love you. She would mm-hmm. do anything for you, but she would never lie to your face. That's to, to her because lying isn't love, right? That's right. So I feel like that's something our culture has misunderstood. Um, and and over the course of 10 years of of learning so much about victimization of children and even adults, there's so many common threads that are shocking to me, Mm -hmm. whether it's the combination of symptoms that come together and no matter where those symptoms originate. In fact, we're working right now. I say we, because I have a small team of of folks, we're making a docu-series we hope to launch in January. And we took a step back and we said, okay, where does this road go? Okay. Well, the tip of the iceberg for lack of a better metaphor is human trafficking. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more to that iceberg. So how do we just never go to the iceberg? Well, we have to learn what gets you there. So we're taking a couple steps back and saying, okay, rather than talking about an, a topic that some people can push away because they look around in their interactive lives and say, well, I don't really see it. I'm good. And they kind of move on from there. We say, well, what about, what about, what about? And we talk about depression, suicidality. We talk about sexual abuse. We talk about um, addictions. We talk about all these things that can feed into this highway that we know as sexual exploitation or victimization. And if we can cut those little roads to the highway off sooner Mm -hmm. and a better chance of protecting these kids. So we're working on that right now. But, But a lot of this was just birthed out of the reality that I went to Thailand at, at the ripe old age of 19. And I was there, uh, just very briefly because I was actually going to Nepal for two months. And all this sounds very exotic by the way, but it's true. <laughs> and while I was in Thailand, we passed a brothel and this brothel was unlike anything this Oklahoma Texan native ever saw. And I saw, okay, keep in mind, I'm 19 and I'm seeing girls outside this brothel. And in my mind, I'm like, those are little girls. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm saying this to myself, it was to say the least a very, um, jarring memory for me. And it came, it just came to a head when I was older. And I thought, I kept thinking, well, that's so sad over there. It's so sad that happens in other countries. Mm-hmm. Golly, it's, ha- it's sad that that happened in our past. But when you start to study out what it is that's happening in our own country and you realize that, Hey, we, you know, we, we, we have had to have hard conversations and continue to have hard conversations about the history that all of our countries inherit, which is the sins of our forefathers. What about right now? Mm -hmm. We don't want our quote sins of today to be our great grandchildren's conversation. We want the victories of today to be their conversation. And we can, we we have to learn from the past. So I started learning about human trafficking and then it came to a head when I was a producer has to to actually be a liaison producer on a project between music producers who wanted to raise money for human trafficking and an organization who wanted to uh, basically help lead the charge. And I was, I knew both worlds a little bit. So I kind of was, it was like a tennis match. Like I was just on both worlds (laughs) and it didn't go through. So I was like, okay, I'm out. Peace out. I did my part. I tried. It didn't work out. Let's move on. That just happens in my industry. And, um, my friend sat, took me out to lunch one day and he said, uh, Hey, if that had gone forward, what were you going to do with the money? Not me, but the mm-hmm. organization. I said, well, funny, they didn't have an answer. So I actually did a lot of research and came up with these three answers. And one of them was educating the three groups of people in the United States that can, that can take kids out of this life, teachers, law enforcement officers, medical professionals, like you mentioned. 
And he said, well, are you going to do that? And I said, well, there's no funding. Nobody wanted to do that. They just wanted to do this fundraiser. And he said, well, me and me and my wife, I won't say her name, believe in what, believe in that. And we believe in you. And we wanted to, we think this is just a very important thing. And he slid a check across the table and he said, I think you should do that because you have the skill set, the, the media skills. And I teared up <laughs> and I went home and I said to my husband, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I want to start a nonprofit. I don't want to work in not for profit. I don't want to do this. What should I do? And he looked at me with a straight face and he said, honey, I think you should do it. So that began a very weird 10 years. If I'm being frank, um, there are times it's very frustrating because people won't listen. Mm -hmm. There are times it's very frustrating because people won't learn the lessons from the past. Right. Mm -hmm. There are times it's frustrating because people are like, happy, happy, happy. Let's just all get along. And I'm like, I love joy. And I love being, I love who doesn't want to be happy, mm -hmm. but, but at what expense, right? Like, it's not worth being in this bubble of quote happiness. If, if children are suffering and I, I will be really frank. I'm a, I, I have a faith. I'm a Christian. Um, and, and many people who help me do not share that faith. And that's okay. Cause we're at the same table doing the same work. And I'm like, bring it, come, let's see, we're all at the table for the same reason. Let's do this thing. We're a team. And they, and I have nothing but admiration and respect for them. But I say, I point out my faith just to say this. I believe God has, has a mandate for Christians, which is to set the captives free. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that mandate is very strong in, in my life. And it may mean it may mean a variety of things. It starts with your own family. It starts with your own kids. You've got to protect your own kids. The, the, the end period, end of sentence. And then you need to start looking around you and saying, well, what's going on in my neighborhood? What's going on in my school mm -hmm. and go from there. When I started, when I started researching all of this, I will say I, I legitimately had nightmares. This is not for the faint of heart. And I feel like what I learned very quickly was do what you are already good at and don't try to do someone else's job. I stopped delving deep into survivor stories. I stopped doing dark. I don't, I don't go down any dark rabbit holes. I am a person of hope and overcoming. I learned what I needed to learn, but I didn't go dark. And, and actually I've had many um, doctors reach out to me to lecture their students. And they literally said it was because they heard my lecture at a national conference and because I didn't go dark, I stuck to the facts. I gave hope. I gave equipping. Um, that was just something I wanted to do from the beginning. They said, we chose you because our students, some of them have literally had secondhand trauma or triggers because of their history, mm -hmm. because of other lecturers going so dark. So I, I just say all that to say, if you're listening and either you think, what can I do? You guys, I'm a media producer and a writer and an actor. I, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not, but I interview those ladies and those gentlemen. I go up and I find those people and I say, Hey, help me understand. And then I'm going to let everybody on the other side of this camera understand. So we can all take part in this fight, mm -hmm. um, but start with the kids in your life. So that was a very long intro, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and then but it's so true though. We need to start with those that are around us because, you know, 
some some youth are affected. You know, you can think about I think about, you know, I love working with at risk youth. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they share with me their stories, you know, of sexual abuse or different things that they've gone through. And if you just listen and if you just care, then yeah. um, they will open up to you and let you know. And, you know, it's interesting because some kids just need to get that out and other kids will hide it away forever. But the one thing I think we all know is we don't ever want victimization to become your identity. Right. So yeah. You're so much more than that. Mm -hmm. And no, and, and I would say that to anyone out there, don't let anybody tell you who you are. Um, you know, again, going back to my faith, I only let God tell me who I am. Mm -hmm. He created me and he knows me. He loves me. And, you know, I've had, you know, and the thing about for me, for self-identity and, 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 and letting myself identify myself when I would have really hard days, I wasn't real proud of myself. And so when I would identify myself in my own strengths, um, I had some really tough days. And then if I had a good day, okay, well then now I'm doing good. We have to find a deeper foundation. And, and I know we'll get into this discussion, but part of the problem that a lot of kids face is they don't have rootedness. Mm -hmm. There's not a rootedness in their life. So you may be like Tiffany, you may be the, the woman in their life that just listens to them. Mm -hmm. and say, I'm so sorry that happened to you, but let me tell you what I see when I look at you. Mm -hmm. And that rootedness will dig so much deeper than the shallow, because right now we have such a, such a shallow root system that we've created for our kids. And I have to put the blame on the, uh, on the adults. Like we we've created a culture of shallowness for these kids. And, and so if they have no roots, we have to start with, with creating rootedness for them because otherwise it opens them up for so much vulnerability. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. which I know is a big conversation in and of itself, but, but that's the truth of it. We, we, we can't let them depend on Instagram for what they consider themselves to be. We have to create something because it's just, it's just creating kids who are unbelievably fragile and that fragile, that fragility is leading to victimization. There's no question. Mm -hmm. That is so true. That is so true. Well, you know, today we're talking about protecting our youth from self sexual exploitation. So for just the listeners that are listening, explain to them a little bit more about what sexual grooming and exploitation is. Absolutely. So I'm going to, I'm, I love that you asked this question because believe it or not, a lot of people don't. And, and I've learned in our society today, you can talk about, I mean, I'm, I'm afraid to even think of a word because, because each word has, has a different meaning in different people's minds. So I'm really big on, um, you know, I'm going to define my terms. So I always turn to the legal or the psychological definitions of terms. Mm -hmm. Um, so the definition for sexual exploitation is basically it's the means, uh, or attempt basically from the abuse of power to get some sort of sexual gain, right? Mm -hmm. um, either it's a vulnerability that someone has, or it's an actual differential of power, like boss, employee, or trust, parent, child, or friend of the family child is usually how that works out. Um, some sort of relationship in the child's life, be it a teacher or a youth minister or, or something else that, that holds some sort of power over the child. And what they do is they exploit that relationship. And this can be, of course, not a child, but we're talking about children today. They exploit that power to gain trust. And then not only to gain trust, but then to cash in on that trust in a sexual way. Um, and that can be, and, and I'm sad to say, but you know, that can be anything from just watching porn together, which is very disturbing, um, to, to developing into a, actual sex acts. Usually it involves some sort of level of sex act. Grooming is basically the trail that gets you there. So grooming, um, 
is the process where an offender, someone who's grooming your child who wants to harm them, they draw the victim into a sexual relationship and maintain that relationship almost exclusively in secret. So the whole point of grooming is again, to gain trust, to get them to trust them, whether it's buying them things, taking them places, texting them. And again, online grooming is a lot of, it's just facade. You know, they'll pretend to be a boy at a school you know, a county over. And I saw you at the football game and the, and the girl or boy has no idea. Like, did they see me at the football game? Mm -hmm. So that grooming process is again, earning trust in grooming is a little spookier in that it's often a deeper, longer relationship and they slow, but the goal in mind of the groomer is always to sexualize the relationship. So that is what we're talking about today. They're, they're very similar, but the grooming process is, is usually longer and more intimate in nature. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I was thinking about that while you were talking and I was, I remember, you know, at 14 and I've written a book about it, sexual abuse of youth within the church, because that's what one of the ministers, you know, with me, um, I won't go into the long story because a lot of people know it, but it was a period of time where they groom you, you, you know, you've been around and you've been there for a while. And then they start to kind of ask you questions and things. And, you know, how do you feel about me? You know, they were supposed to be like a father figure, but they turn the thing around and then it ends up becoming something else. And I thank God for my deliverance. I thank God for my healing and, and bringing me through that. But at the same time, when you were talking about that, I just thought about that because they're trying to build your trust, as you were saying earlier. And so uh, I always try to um, talk with the young people as well as about being careful, even my nieces and nephews. You know, you can Absolutely. you can talk with them now. Even listeners, even while you're listening, you know, when you have your family, young family members around, be it, don't be afraid to talk to them. Yeah. Again, I used to teach teen pregnancy prevention, so it kind of helped me not to just, you know, try to. Uh, you know, just prance around it, but just be honest and truthful with them so that they understand uh, when they're being taken advantage of or when they're in a yeah. situation that may feel uncomfortable. And so that's uh, what I was thinking about when you said that. So, but why do you feel that, you know, many kids fall prey to sexual grooming um, and exploitation? You know, there's a lot of reasons why I'll, I'll kind of hit a few that are more in, in your face. So one, if we're being honest, they just want to be loved. You know, everyone wants to be valued and loved and this groomer. So we have to take us one step back. Pr groomers are predators. It's Tiffany. Unfortunately, I share a similar instance in that it wasn't, it wasn't a youth leader, but it was uh, someone in my life who we both you know, were Christians and um, he abused, sexually abused me. And we were the same age. So that wasn't the differential there, but it was so jarring and so shocking. Um, and I went to counseling over years later. And one of the things the counselor said was, how long do you think he was planning that? Wow. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it just came to him. And he goes, no, mm. he was grooming you. And I was like, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't grooming me. And he walked me through the process. And it was such a jolt of electricity to my soul. It really was like not health. Like it wasn't this feeling of, Oh, what a revelation. I'm so glad I know this information. It was a wrestling match. Mm -hmm. So, so we have to understand, and this is very hard for any of us to wrap our, our heads around 
there is some sort of bizarre power that is gained from a predator when they groom someone because they have a goal in mind. It doesn't just spring into their head. It is a journey they're taking this child or this person on, their victim on, and they always have the goal in mind. Mm-hmm. And the victim has no idea they're even on this journey with them, right? So I say that to say, we live in a, in a world, it, you know, for the, from the beginning of time, everyone's wanted to be loved. I don't want to make that sound exceptional to today because it's not true, but we're surrounded by very hollow love. You know, few of us have unconditional love in our lives mm-hmm. um, and children often don't perceive those in their lives to be unconditionally loving, even if it's their mistake because of the rules we're laying down and the parenting we have to do or, you know, whatever. But if they, so the first thing is love because groomers, the number one way they get their victim is the affection lure. Mm-hmm. So whether it's grandpa figure, I'm not going to say grandpa, but grandpa figure to granddaughter figure, you know, auntie to, to nephew figure. These don't necessarily have to be relatives. Um, but is that love they're, they're They think they're loved a lot of times online, obviously it's going to be a facade. So that's the number one reason every child falls victim is they want to be loved. A second thing is, is seemingly a little more shallow, but it's still connected to the affection lure and that's gifts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they, they somehow show affection and then they show gifts, even if it's a small gift, it doesn't have to be thousands of dollars. It could be a sticker. It could be anything, ice cream. Let me take you to the movies. Um, parents have to realize, and this is, it's the secrecy of the relationship that should be a big trigger for parents to be on alert, but the tactics are all the same. So, um, you know, once secrecy, oh no, I want to take them. It's our special thing. And there's never a time the parent can be around the child with this person. It's Mm -hmm. a huge red flag. That's why online grooming is so prevalent. Um, loneliness, you know, that desire for love. And I would say a third one, if we're going to be, um, really transparent is, is people don't always see this connection, but it's pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, pornography is a very incestuous thing in our relate in our lives mm-hmm. and kids are often not openly talked to by adults about sex, because I'm here to tell you, I have three boys. It's a little uncomfortable, right? <laughs> but you have to do it. And my husband has been a champion of it from day one. Cause he's a physician assistant. So he's like, you know, when they're little, they ask little questions about body parts. I'm big, huge pregnant. And my three-year-old comes to me, you know, at the time and says, what's happening, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) your whole body's morphing, you know, I mean, he said it in a sweet little three-year-old way. My husband got out a medical book and showed him the baby. And (laughs) and I was so grateful for that guidance because it's not that I would have dismissed him. I would have just given him a very shallow answer. And now I want to be careful here. It is not okay to take a child where they do not want to go in that conversation. Mm-hmm. That is literally considered sexual abuse. However, answer their questions straightforward and honest. I, I'm just going to say them penis vagina. If we mm-hmm. can't get people saying this, our kids will, will be uncomfortable when it's right. bad, or they'll attach shame to it. So once an adult groomer, but pornography, unfortunately has been a scapegoat for sex ed in our, in our society. No one can see me doing this, by the way, I just realized I'm doing quotes. <laughs> uh, and Tiffany's laughing because we're, she and I are talking on video, but, but 
They'll call it sexual education or kids will want more information because they don't have an adult in their life Mm -hmm. or a resource provided by a healthy adult in their life. Here's a healthy book you can read. I'm just going to leave it here for your discretion. Here's, here is a healthy film you're allowed to watch. Like we, we can lead them to resources that are healthy without having to have that conversation, especially if they're, they don't want to talk to you about it. But if we've never equipped them to have a healthy outlook on sex, someone can step, step in, titillate that conversation appear or whatever. And then they watch pornography. Well, 83 or more percent of all pornography shows a violent act towards a woman, Mm -hmm. but we're calling pornography normal. No, it's not. It's also providing uh, very twisted things. And, and our boys and girls grow up thinking this is normal sexual behavior. Well, most of it honestly is deviant sexual behavior. If you, if Mm -hmm. you do, I mean, I don't watch porn. I just, learn for the exports who it's literally their job to like do this. Mm-hmm. So, so unfortunately the rise in pornography has driven kids to be more curious about sex. And that has opened a huge door for vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just did a recorded an episode um, with Isaiah on pornography and he just really opened up my eyes and which was just really shocking. Yeah. And he was saying that, you know, youth age six, you know, as young as six are being yes. exposed to pornography. Oh, and I assume you, Isaiah Cruz. I yeah. Think. Yeah. He, if you haven't listened to his interview with mm-hmm. Tiffany, um, he, I interviewed with him too. And he is such a strong believer too. And he has all daughters. Mm-hmm. Right. Dutch right. so God is such an interesting vantage point on this. But when you have the average age now to have a cell phone is 11. of adults don't know what their kids do on social media. Combine those two things. You have 11 year olds on social media whose parents are checked out. So it's not just social media. It's YouTube. It's anything else. These kids are going, porn will find them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. them through blues clues. It will find them through anything you let them watch because predators it's their full time out. You have to understand. This is what I have to explain to parents at any given time on the internet. The known number, which means it's probably triple this, but the known number, which is all I ever give because I want to prove it, mm-hmm. is 300,000 predators at any given time on the internet seeking out somebody to prey upon, to start grooming. It is their 24-hour a day, seven-day-a-week moneymaker to prey on your child. This isn't just a sicko, you know, that you sort of may have met once upon a time that, you know, is that, that does happen. But these are full-time employed predators. So their whole job is to find the holes in the system, the holes in your wall at home, so to speak. Another, one of the biggest things, and I know we're going to talk about protecting kids, but one of the biggest things they bank on is that mom and dad lets them take their cell phone or tablet to their room unattended. Mm -hmm. And, and, And there is no statistic that proves otherwise that as parents, we have in, and I say this as a parent fall and pray to the lie that says, as long as my kid is in my house, he's safe. That's not true anymore. It, mm-hmm. it hasn't been true for 15 years, but it's really not true anymore. So we have to shatter that lie in our lives. And, you know, again, I don't, it isn't like I wear this, like a badge. I don't, I had a single mom who worked three jobs. I was a latchkey kid and it was not only incredibly lonely. You think, think back when that was the nineties, like if someone had handed me a tablet, you think I wouldn't have been on that thing all day? I wasn't like this exceptional kid. I, I just didn't have the advantage of having the technology in my hand. Mm-hmm. Well, now those people who have never known their life without a cell phone in their hand are raising kids 
So it's normal. We've normalized it. And we have to pull back for a second and say, no, (laughs) the greatest generation from a hundred years ago, wasn't the greatest generation because they had cell phones. They were the greatest generation because they, they overcame a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but they were also willing to own up to the fact of looking adversity in the face. And I think we could be the greatest generation in that. I truly believe, truly believe we have the capability of abolishing sexual exploitation of kids in our lifetime. If we're willing to be honest about what that looks like. Mm-hmm. And you're so right because it is a moneymaker. I was watching, you know, sometimes I watch different crime shows and I was watching, I think it, I can't remember the name of the show right now. Um, Web of Lies. I think that's what it was. And you see that often where the young, young girls and even young guys were being groomed online and, you know, and just, um, for the love that you talked about earlier, because they want that attention, you know, they want the the love or maybe the gifts or just someone to take out the time for them. And one of the, and several of them had grandparents. And so, like you said, the grandparents, they just, you know, this one girl, she wanted a cell phone. And so the grandmother finally got her cell phone and she got the cell phone, ended up meeting this older guy who ended up, you know, killing her. And it was just so sad because she, the grandmother didn't want to give her the phone for the longest. And so it is so important. I even talked with my sister and let her know, you know, after a certain time, the tablets, the phones, all of that needs to be taken out of the room at night. They don't need to have it with them. That's one of my number one rules. No technology in the room ever. Actually, they, Mm -hmm. anybody who works in law enforcement and, and literally their job is to rescue these kids. The first thing no matter what their faith background is, if they have a law enforcement background in this, the first thing they'll say is no tech in the room ever, not ever, because Mm -hmm. they said that's where it starts because we have to recognize the sinister nature of technology. Now I don't know how to do this because I've never taken the time to learn, but I'm sure it's on YouTube Mm -hmm. just because we're talking today. I now have your location right? I mm-hmm. could look up, I'm not doing this, but I could. Right. 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 Live. Mm-hmm. I can turn your computer on when you don't know it. And I can turn your camera on because you've shared it with me. Mm-hmm. Think of an 11 year old girl having their computer or their tablet or their phone open. And that predator can plant something just through their text exchanges. I know it sounds sci-fi, but it's true. This is what FBI and law enforcement tell me all the time. People can't wrap their ha- head around the technology. But if they can turn your child's camera on at any given time and their child and that child takes it to their room, well, number one, they now know the layout of your house. And number two, they can take pictures of your kids changing clothes or anything else they want in their underwear. They mm-hmm. And then they flip the script on the kids, send them those pictures and say, this is what I need you to do mm-hmm. this to your mom. And they may not have even invited that. They, they may have never even sent that picture on purpose. So it's really, it's really frightening what's out there on one hand, but it's not when you learn how easy it is to protect your kids. It's not as hard as we, it it takes time, but so does doing your taxes. Like it, everything, (laughs) right. (laughs) It's just, if you take the time, you can protect your kids. And, you know, it breaks my heart to hear stories like that about the self, you know, the kids (laughs) who the older man or the older woman or whatever it is online, I find it's so sad, but that's, it's big. It's so prevalent mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's in rural communities, urban communities. They don't care 
listen, predators do not care about your DNA. They do not care about any, they, they don't care. They are mm-hmm. not, their only goal is to make money. This all, like you said, boils down to money, mm-hmm. which is why I think it hasn't gone away because I'm going to be really, really uh, transparent. There are a lot of city leaders that make a lot of money mm-hmm. off of very sinister things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're on both sides of the fence politically. They are, uh, they are all just really good at making money or being bribed. And it's it, the reason it isn't stopped is because our government has not gotten on the same page. They will excuse it. Now the excuse is, is uh, um, freedom of expression. Um, sexually abusing ch- children is now considered freedom of expression. And yet, if you look at the psychological, the psychological definition and the legal definition of child abuse, it literally falls under child abuse, but they won't stop it because of freedom of expression. Mm. So if our law enforcement is being trained now, a lot of them are kicking and screaming about this behind closed doors, but they're being told by their heads up, oh, well, look the other way. It's now freedom of expression. We're, we are creating a perfect storm for the next 10 years for children to, I mean, it's almost, there are some people who are like, I just want to lock my kids in the cellar and keep them safe. Well, (laughs) that's, I don't blame you, but let's do something better than that. And let's teach them what to look for by learning what to look for and keeping them safe so that they are empowered too. Because if they've never been taught by the time they're 18, they're just going to walk out that door and, and really just be fed to the wolves. We, we have to, we have to realize we are not raising kids just to be quote, good people anymore. We're raising them to be warriors in a world that is against them. Mm-hmm. No question. It's against them. Mm-hmm. And to take advantage you know, of them at every opportunity. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come. I mean, Tiffany, I love that you have such a relationship with your nieces and nephews that you're just going to call it like you see it when you, because they'll be drawn to you when it's too embarrassing to talk to mom and dad, mm-hmm. right? They're going to mm-hmm. say, I'm going to go ask my aunt. Cause she's going to tell me that, you know, they're not thinking she's going to be honest with me, but they're like, she, I trust her. Mm-hmm. Why do they trust you? Cause you've never lied to them. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing too, is when, so groomers will say kind of spooky things. And one of the things they, they talk about is if there is an emotionally absent parent, um, it is, it is their favorite thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we may be physically present, but we're emotionally checked out. And if you, as a parent, even if it's once a month, say, I'm going to have a date night with my kid, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, listen, it doesn't take a lot of money to build a relationship. You don't have to buy them stuff. Just, just take them and get like a soda at McDonald's. Like, but just say, I want to set this time aside from you. And, and it may take a while for them to kind of get used to this new thing. Some kids are going to eat it up the first day you do it. They're just going to be so excited to be with mom and dad. Some kids are not going to trust it. I'll be really frank. Because if you've never been vulnerable, like available to them emotionally, they don't know you. I hate to say that, but they don't know you as well as you want them to mm-hmm. you want to be their friend and their buddy. You've got to lay some boundaries down, but also you've got to be okay. Changing the rules to protect your kid. The, the society is different now. So we have to be, we have to be vulnerable enough with ourselves to say, I've made a mistake. I need to correct it. 
And we need to be able to go to our kids and say, mom made a mistake. I let you use your phone at night and in your bedroom, but I've learned some things and that rule is changing. Mm -hmm. And I know know you're going to be mad. That's cool. Uh, You might even punch the door on your way in. That's fine. You might need a moment, but I'm going to, what I did is I bought a phone bank. It's a tech bank. Mm -hmm. So just file your phones in. I can look over at any time when I'm in my main, in my living room and see what's there. Well, everything should be there unless mom took her phone with her. Uh, any tablet is always banked there unless some, my kids have to ask permission to get online. The end, whether it's schoolwork or not, they're so used to it. You guys, they don't flinch. They don't go, Oh, I have to go ask my mom. They're like, Hey mom, can I, this is what I'm doing. Okay. Where's your, where's your iPad? Where are you taking it? What are you doing? I need you in the living room. If you're going to look up that stuff, especially I've, I've, I've a 16 year old and I have a nine year old. It's a huge age gap. So the nine year old, if something pops up on his screen, I need to be right there to go slam. Mom's going to fix this for you. Mm-hmm. And another thing is, is I've told them, Hey, this isn't about you. This isn't about me not trusting you. This isn't me about not trusting YouTube or any stranger that's on there trying to talk to you. I don't trust them. I will never trust them. Mm-hmm. It's my job to protect you. So I'm going to do, and you know what my 16 year old has started doing? Hey mom, um, can I, can I get a filter on this thing? I just don't want to, or he'll ask me if he'll ask me questions that I honestly, I didn't expect him to ask at 16. He'll volunteer. Like I'm supposed to get on this thing, but it's sort of weird me out. Do you mind if you get on with me? Heck yeah. I yeah. Love to you. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Because I haven't taught him to be fearful, I, but I have taught him that there's bad guys out there. Mm-hmm. You don't want to, you don't want to be chumped by them. Like there, you are a chump to them to be had and you're smarter than that. So we just have to flip the way we talk to kids. We take the shame off the table, honey, you mm-hmm. didn't do anything wrong. Mom made a mistake, right? I'm going to own this for ourselves. And like, you know, I don't know how you talk to kids, but I would never want my sons to think if someone was a creeper to them, they did something wrong. Right, right. Because that sexualization of a child cringes their soul. It makes them, I don't know about you, but, but it made my soul, when I was being victimized, my soul was screaming. Mm-hmm. It was screaming. And I was afraid to move a muscle in my body. I was mm-hmm. so scared. I, and I was an adult technically at that time, barely, but I was. And I think back, my God, what would it, what would that have been like if I was eight, 12, 15, mm-hmm. 17, if we have conversations with our kids that are open and we say, I, uh, this is going to be a, con- and, and you know what? There's great books out there for littles. I'm not talking three, four, three and four. You're like good touch, bad touch. Nobody, nobody can watch you get naked, but mom and dad, when you're changing mm-hmm. and grandma and auntie, we're, we're all safe. Anybody else? No way. Unless mom and dad are there. Uh-uh. Nobody's allowed to touch you, even mom and dad, unless we ask permission and you say it's okay. Mm-hmm. They're, they're not baby babies where you're wiping their buns, right? Like, right. They got to have, I mean, the fancy word is bodily autonomy. And I agree with that, that we can, you know, they need to be able to say who can see them naked because they don't, they are learning, Hey, this mm-hmm. is my body and I, and it's precious, right? Then we need to walk through like, Hey, if something ever makes you feel yucky and icky, I want you to tell me, and I need you to know it's not your fault. I need you to know that that is your heart. That is your body saying something's wrong and it's doing its job. And you need to tell me now the this, the spooky middle ground there 
is heaven forbid. And I mean that sincerely your child's ever sexually, um, abused, meaning like even someone shows them porn, right? Let's do mm-hmm. it a little light. No one touches them, but they force them to see porn or pornography. That's going to create in them a wrestling match. Depending on their age of maturity, it could be titillating or revolting, but they've seen something that they, that they're pushing back against. And that's that kids will start acting out a lot of times if they've been sexually abused or they've, they're, they're being made to watch porn or, you know, which is still sexual abuse, but there, if something has happened, this war's happening inside them and they're going to start acting out and being crazy. But again, if as parents were on the forefront and we say, Hey, if anybody ever shows you something or touches you in a way you don't like, I need you to know you've done nothing wrong but you need to tell mom and dad you need it or auntie or grandma or fill in the blank with the name that you trust. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I don't know. I would hope my kids would come to me and my husband, but you know what? I'm just as happy with them going to their aunt and uncle. Cause guess what? Their aunt and uncle are going to tell mom and dad Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we're going to handle it as a family, but I don't care who they tell that's safe. I just want them to tell somebody that's safe. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be the hero of their story every time. I just need somebody to be. So empowering them with who's safe to go to. Um, and again, you've got to take that shame off. You know, I don't know about where you were raised, Tiffany, but it was a very small group of people, but I do remember the impression that like, if I wore a cute dress and I'm talking like I'm covered up and a boy lusted again, I'm quoting ladies, lusted after me. (laughs) You can't see me. It was my fault. Now that was a small, tiny group of people. And for the majority, I knew that was a load of bunk, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You are a burlap sack and someone's going to lust after you because, and that's their problem. But I just to know for kids to know they're, they're not going to be shamed and you're going to believe them. Uh, and you're going to listen to them. And, um, that they're safe people in their lives. That's a huge, huge piece of this puzzle. Sometimes kids will be sexually, um, even just approached. Like I know a girl, she was 14 at the time and a kid online was, or at least someone pretending to be a kid from another high school Mm -hmm. started texting her and she was texting back and he's super cute in his picture because she never met him. Well, then she start. then he started amping up the relationship, which makes me think it was an avatar. Like it wasn't a real, it was a person, but it wasn't the boy who that she, he was saying was. And he started making really sexual comments about her and asking for pictures. Well, she freaked out and never sent it to him. She never told her parents, but she foolishly told her little sister and her sister told everybody, <laughs> which I'm like, good for you. She was like, mom, there's this boy. And he's, a, and she's mortified. This 14 year old's like, oh, I told you not to tell. She's like, mommy's a no. And I was like, you will never understand the service your sister did for you mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because for some reason you're embarrassed, but her mom was able to have a good conversation with her and say, honey, I'm so sorry that this is happening to you. And I'm so sorry. You felt like you couldn't tell me. I want to change that. I want to change that you know, that you feel you can't tell me, I need you to know you're not in trouble. So she actually took the opportunity, which scared the mom to death to grow the relationship with her daughter. And I think, I think we need to do that. We need to take these little opportunities, even when our child makes, so this is, 
it's going to sound like I'm waxing philosophical about parenting, but I'm not. Something I've learned the hard way is if I did something innocently stupid, like all kids do, um, it was handled a little harsh in my family. So I was afraid of making mistakes Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. with my boys. I've had to go and I've made, I've made mistakes and I've had to be willing to apologize to them and say, you know, mom overreacted and I need your forgiveness. Will you please forgive me? But what that has done is it's made them realize mom makes mistakes and she's not a scary person. Who's not going to forgive me. Right. So, so I'll go to them and I'll say things like, um, guys, it, I get that you don't always want to talk to mom and you may not even always want to talk to dad, but I need you to know, you need to talk to somebody mm-hmm. You've gotta, and I'll give them names of people. Um, but I think one of the things that's hard for those of us that were raised in a house where unconditional love wasn't represented well, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. it was conditional love. We might find ourselves in habits of conditionally disciplining our child to where they think they're conditionally loved. And if they are preyed upon by someone, they may be afraid to tell you because if they do, it's predators are horrible human beings. We all know that. But one of the number one things about grooming is they'll say, shh, it's our little secret. Mm-hmm. Or don't tell your mom and dad, they're not going to understand and you'll be in trouble. Those are the two ways they keep mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. But if we somehow take the time and we may have to get a book or talk to a friend or pray about it and just say, how do I show my child they are unconditionally loved? And unconditional love is a lot, it's hard because I was conditionally loved and I didn't know how to unconditionally love easily. It's like I would make a mistake. God would call me on it and I'd have to ask forgiveness. (laughs) And that's okay though. I want to encourage parents. Like God did not give you your children by mistake. Mm -hmm. These children are not in your life, Tiffany, by mistake. It's Mm -hmm. not like, like, dang it. Shoot. I knew I should have given that kid to somebody else. He's like, no, I gave them to you, but that's because they're going to sharpen us to be better people. But part of that being better person is saying, I don't know everything. I need resources Mm -hmm. and I need to own up to the fact that this is going to be hard. Saying no to your kids is really hard, but just like that grandma who her gut was telling her not to give that kid a cell phone, go with what your convictions are and let the kid throw a fit. You've got to let them throw a fit. Like, sorry, you can't watch that show on TV. Mm -hmm. It hypersexualizes 19 year olds. Sorry. I mean, you don't have to even tell them why. Sorry. You can't watch that YouTube channel. Nope. You cannot have social media on your phone. Nope. You cannot be on the tablet unless you're sitting at the living room. You know what they're probably going to do is not be on their phone or tablet much anymore. Mm -hmm. They're just not going to, but, um, this is, it's just too late to pretend that parental involvement is the number one way to dissuading predatorial behavior in your child's Mm -hmm. life. No way Mm -hmm. around it. Mm-hmm. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Secondary would be second tier adults, parent, you know, um, relatives, aunties, uncles, um, getting it, get in your child's business. That one of the things I lecture on is children do not deserve adult level privacy. And there are p- parents who literally will say, am I allowed to check my child's phone? 
do you think it's okay to see who's texting them? Um, yes, I should have been doing that all along is usually what I think. I don't say it rudely, but I'm like, you are the adult. They mm-hmm. do not deserve mm-hmm. adult level privacy. Another thing would be is you can get um, different filters. You need to have a filter for your home. Look, I'm not dumb. Sex is interesting. Kids mm-hmm. are, are intrigued. Teenagers want to know, but you can still protect them as much as possible from what we know is an unhealthy representation of it. Um, and people will, all, will always go pshaw, but I'm like, you guys, we got to do what we got to do. The second level is if your child is known to have been tempted in that area, Isaiah Cruz talks about this, mm-hmm. you can get accountability software mm-hmm. and not to shame them. It's just, we want them to have an, if, if they have people in their life getting in their business, healthy representation of relationships, right? That means apologizing when you've made a mistake and we guard them from unhealthy representations of sex. That's a triple threat. Like mm-hmm. your kids are already 20 times more guarded than most kids out there. 20 times because so many parents have checked out and just said, well, what are you going to do? It's 2022. We can't turn back the clock. And I'm like, I, I'm like, it's your house. You make the rules. Mm-hmm. So parents just have to be willing to actual pay, actually be parents. And I, and I know those that are listening to a show like this are like, I want to be a parent. I just need the tools. So I, and this is a total sidebar. I will send this to Tiffany, but, um, we offer a free, free online classes for parents. We I'll give you a code, um, to follow up, please take our online grooming class. It goes into much more in depth. And we are all about, here's what you do. Steps one, two, three, here's where you go. Here's who's reaching your kids. It's very tactical in its approach. It's very empowering people feel so empowered and that's what we want we want people to be empowered to protect the kids in their lives mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you know listeners and throughout everything you know the main thing too is just to communicate and uh, and be approachable with your children you know even when i was taking uh you know when i was teaching the teen pregnancy prevention that's the number one thing they have to be feel that you are approachable, you know, they could, they could share something with you that you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, why did you do that? But it shouldn't show on your face. It shouldn't, Mm -hmm. it shouldn't show outwardly because they're looking to see that first time, how you're going to react. And if you react in a way that they're like, Oh, you know, that's upsetting to them or then they they won't come to you. And then, so then they're listening to friends, they're listening to uh, the radio or what, you know, watching, uh, porn or whatever it is that it is on online. So it's important to be able to have that atmosphere to where they're able to come to you. And like um, Charity was saying earlier, you know, it may bother me about what may have happened to you, but I'm here for you. I love you. I support you. And I am on your side. And so listeners today, I want you to take in everything that Charity has said today, because we have to be those that defend our young people because they can't defend themselves. And she's given many great ideas on how to protect your youth from exploitation. But she also has a lot of bit more information. And Charity, if you would let the listeners know how they could get in touch with you before we leave today, Absolutely. because that way they'll have the free resources as well. And they can go on your website and they can go there to help combat what is going on with sex trafficking and sexual abuse. Absolutely. Thank you so much. 
So my personal email that anyone can reach out with questions and I'll do my best. And if not uh, send you resources directly, um, answer any questions you might have is my first name, charity, and then at America unchained org. So charity at America unchained org. In addition, um, you can go to my website. Um, it's a team of us now, but it's americaunchained.org. <laughs> and there are classes on there. There are, um, there's, there's links to our YouTube stuff. We have a YouTube channel, but that is free of course, but there's also classes. And what I want to do today is offer our online grooming class for free. Um, it's usually, it's usually very affordable, but if you would like to take it for free, um, the, the code is just going to be the name of the podcast, Tasty Tidbits. So if you just punch in all lowercase Tasty Tidbits, one word, um, you will be able to take that class free until November 1st. Mm-hmm. So I don't care if you share it. I don't care if you put it on your social media page. I don't care if you email it to everyone you've ever met. You d- if you just go ahead and do that, that would be, that would be great because what we're here to do is empower everybody to keep the kids safe in their life. And it does start with guardians and parents. And if you're grandma or grandpa, aunt, uncle, teacher, please feel free. It has so many good things in there, um, that are, that are conducive, honestly, to, to just anybody that has kids in their lives. And, um, it is, again, we parenting's hard, but parenting mm-hmm. is not, we just have to know what it is we need to focus on. I guess it's, it's hard because it's easy, just like anything else to put like a hundred things in front of your face and not know what's the most important. Um, so I, I, I also want to say this, Tiffany, you, you, I don't know your full story, but you remind me of so many people who, um, we do trust authority and it's, and it's hard for kids. Kids are vulnerable because they're kids. And I want to, I want to say one last thing. If there's someone in your kid's life and there's something in your gut, that's just saying something's not right here. Listen to your gut Mm -hmm. or something's just weird about them going to the mall. I just don't feel good about it. Go with them. Like, I don't, I think parents are afraid to seem like crazy people, (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but if we look at the world around us, guys, it's crazy it's crazy. You're not, you aren't the crazy person. Like we are here. This is, this is your entire legacy walking in flesh in front of your face. It's okay to want to protect it. Um, and, and better to err on, on the side of what is perceived to be a little crazy than, than to just check out. Mm -hmm. But also I, I don't know why this struck me when you were talking, but if you are the type of person, and I found myself being this type of person, I was raised in a, a very critical home. I found myself being kind of hard on one of my kids in particular, because I knew he could do better. I knew he could, whatever. I, I just happened to not, he's also not someone who seeks a lot of, um, you know, verbal affirmation and God really convicted me of that. And I started pulling back and looking intentionally for things to say, man, I'm so proud you did that. Even if it was something you did all the time, mm-hmm. you the trash, mm-hmm. man, thank you so much for taking the trash out. I really, mom really does appreciate when you do that. He kind of just didn't pay much attention at first, you know? And I was like, man, thanks so much for doing that, buddy. Hey, I'm so proud of how you worked hard on your homework. Hey, I'm just going, going intentionally overboard on like, I need to praise him. I need to let him know when I'm proud of him. What is unsaid can be as powerful as what is said. 
Mm-hmm. And what I didn't realize was happening. And he has not ever verbalized this to me. This is my, this is what I'm perceiving based on his changed behavior. I don't know that he would have come to me with a failure because I was in his mind hard on him. Mm-hmm. But when I lightened up a little, I didn't like the rules. I did not lighten the rules or move the boundaries. Mm-hmm. But I started pointing out the good in him. It has changed our relationship. So that is, that is sort of seems like a parenting tip, but, but it's all together entwined. If, mm-hmm. if, if your child doesn't want to share things with you, maybe you have unintentionally, unintentionally made yourself someone in their life that never sees the good. They think, they think you've never seen the good in them and mm-hmm. you're going to be hard on them. Don't change the rules. In fact, some of you might need to change the rules after this <laughs> podcast. Keep those boundaries tight. We're not going to shift boundaries. We're not trying to be their best friend but we are going to give praise where praise is due. And it might just be the last little chink in the armor in a good way that helps them open up to you about maybe something they're feeling they're going through. They're being pressured to do. You just never. And I say that from having made that mistake and I want people, please learn from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just learn from my mistakes. And I say that just to say that there are people that the reason their kids might be a little more vulnerable is they don't have a strong relationship with their kids right now. Mm-hmm. And that's a big part of this is, is how do we, how do we fix what's broken? And sometimes what's broken is our own behavior because it's what we learned. And it's, we don't want to pass that on. We, we have the power to change our heritage mm-hmm. going forward. And this is part of it is not, you know, n- Tiffany, I know, I, I, I don't know you well, obviously but I know you would never want what happens to you to happen to anyone. And that's mm-hmm. part of the reason you do this podcast. Right. Right. So I feel like everyone feels that way, but, but not everyone learns the learns things to change themselves. So if we change ourselves, we're going to change the trajectory of our legacy. I don't want to repeat the mistakes mm-hmm. of my forefathers ever. And I certainly don't want what things that have happened to me or that I've done to be passed on to my kids, but that's only going to happen if I train them up in the way they should go. And this is part of that training. Mm-hmm. You know, it's that's so true. That's just how it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much, Charity, oh today. Yes. Oh my gosh, this has been such va- invaluable information. And listeners, you heard the free offer that you have today. And we'll also have those in the show notes. And so you can be able to go and find out more about what Charity is doing and to educate ourselves so that we can be better for our youth, so that we can protect them because we've been given a God-given assignment to be able to, to the best of our ability protect to protect them from those that are trying to harm them. And so I thank you so much for listening today. Thank you again, Charity, for being on today. And I know that it has blessed the listeners today and that we have talked and said some things uh, that will hit home and that we will begin to look at even how we're parenting and how we um, used to parent. And if it needs to change, then it needs to change. And you know, one thing that stuck out before we leave that I didn't think about what, what Charity said is, you know, 
I said, you know, don't let them have their tablets and all of these things at night. But she's saying even during the day, bring it in the front, you know, of the room, because it's just that prevalent where those that are trying to make money off of our children will do anything to get their attention. And so we want to combat that. And we have a responsibility to be educated and know what we can do to do our part in order to protect our children. So thank you again, Charity, for being on today. And listeners, we look forward to having you back again on the next episode of Tasty Tidbits. You guys have a wonderfully blessed day. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.